Welcome to Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. And I'm Bob Galen. Why are you chuckling, Bob? I just, it's just happy to see you, Josh. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. Uh, so. I don't buy that. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the Metacast, everyone, uh, to beautiful downtown Raleigh, North Carolina. It is beautiful. It's not it, too hot today. It's not too hot today. It's uh, kind of nice. It, it, it is nice. Uh, Josh and I, the reason I was smirking, although you can't, I hope you can't see it. I, I think it's you can hear it, is we were having some technical difficulties getting our mic set up. We uh, were. But Josh, in standard Josh form, just leaped tall buildings and figured out all the technical issues. He is, Metacasters, he is our technical guru when it comes to uh, it comes to our technology. Plugging into USB microphones into a laptop. Not just that, getting the stuff on the web and stuff. You do that, you should yeah. take some credit all for right, it. Alright, fine, okay. Alright, he doesn't all like right. taking credit. I like embarrassing <laughs> him. And he, gets all, he gets all shy about it, but I hear you guys applauding out there because he does get this stuff up on the thank web. Thank you, thank you. So thank you, Josh. Yes. So what are we going to talk about today? Retrospectives. Okay. And how to make them good. How to make them good? Yes. Oh, this good isn't good enough. Come on. Okay, that's fine. I'm how cool to make them great. great. How to make I'm, them outstanding. How to make them stellar. Let's start with getting to good first, and then we'll okay, accelerate. Okay, we'll start with good. <laughs> good. We'll go good to great. Yeah. I think there's a book title by that. There yeah, is. so we'll go retrospectives moving from good to great. All right. So getting this to is good, then getting, going to great. Yeah, you were like setting the bar. I want to work with you today, man. You're like you got the bar down. Come on, I'm just let me, saying. Let me, I'll just squeak under. But Josh, this is, I just did good today. So uh, the reason I'm so fired up about this is, I really believe it's the secret sauce in anything is taking an honest look at what you're doing. I was talking to our team the other day and the importance of retrospectives and why I believe they're so important. And amazingly enough, I threw out a sports analogy. Not that I've ever done that I before. I can't imagine that. I know. Was it football? I kept it sports agnostic. Oh, okay. But there was a ball involved <laughs> in it of some fashion. Yeah, and, and, and what I talked about was that if you look at the best sports teams in the world, after they play a game, what do they do? They watch the film. They go back and look at what they did and identify what they could have done better, what they did great, and they should maybe do more often. Maybe there's some new play or skill or something that just kind of sort of happened during that game. I'm like, wow, it turns out we're really good at that. We should probably do some more of that. Or, yeah, that's not working. We need to either work on that or just scrap it. Um, And then, to go even further, the teams at a high level, they actually record and review practice. So practice isn't just practice. Practice isn't, oh, I go out, I do my stuff, I'm I'm done. Before the next practice, you actually watch the tape of the previous practice, and you watch every repetition you took in that practice and really taking every opportunity possible to evaluate what you were doing to get better. And that's something that I was lucky enough to have something like that in my sports career that really helped me identify the value that goes along with that. Yeah, it can be a little painful, and there's some nasty truths that you might see but those are important things that you have to learn and one of the biggest hurdles that I've seen is getting over that mental barrier of it's okay to say we did something wrong and identify that and try and work it out but to me that's the one thing that I want to talk about is how we enable the team to have that safe zone that that comfortable moment where they can call something out and it's not accusatory or whatever and actually be able to take that feedback and do something with it. Right. I was watching uh, 
uh, ESPN, uh, John Gruden. I don't know if you've ever yeah. seen John Gruden, but he he was bringing quarterbacks in. He has a little place in yeah. Florida, I guess. I forget, he has a weird name for it, but it's like his he's it's his place, and he would invite these quarterbacks in, and he would watch film, not all their film, but he would embarrass them. He would he would show the highlights of them working well, but and these were leading quarterbacks. These mm-hmm. were guys who were going to be drafted highly. And but he would also show when they screwed things up, and he would he would point back not just show them, but he would uh, talk like, "What did you do wrong?" Right. What What struck me is these guys, and these were from games like a year ago or, mm-hmm. or you know nine months ago at best, and these guys would remember this stuff, you know, and they would be like, "Yeah, I, I blew this. We called this." They would know the play, yeah, not just by looking, but they had like tremendous recollection of. Like what what they did right and what they did wrong, you know that, and and then they would talk about how they were improving things. Mm-hmm. To your to your point, uh, it is entwined in sports, isn't it? That yeah. whole videotape thing. I, th- I think they do sprinters. They actually videotape like the first, like every step. Yeah. They talk about percentages. Like you've you you're you're ten percent down the track, like the hundred yard dash. And you should be at this angle, and you're, right. you're you should be at a thirteen percent angle, and you're only at a twelve or something. Yeah. And they 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 work in the minutia. But it's amazing how um, watching yourself do something really opens your eyes to oh, that's really what's happening because you think something's going on, right. but when you take the time to look at that, like oh, so that's not what I thought I was doing. I'm really doing something different, and. And I really believe in that strongly, but one of the things that I've struggled with is folks that don't come from the same background that I have really struggle with a concept of retrospectives and, you know, don't don't want to speak up or aren't comfortable trying to take action or aren't comfortable saying something, pointing something out that somebody didn't do well. It's so. incredibly in software. I don't know what it is about software developers, and, and I'm not picking on that group, but... Uh, I agree with you. Getting getting a you know getting optimal retrospectives, getting high impact retrospectives, is from my point of view incredibly hard. Mm-hmm. And then and then having them stick is just as hard because you can have a team that's sort of having high you know high impact retrospectives, like getting getting you know the the crucial issues on the table, and then six months later they vote to stop retrospectives, so they regress right yeah. they, for for whatever reason. So it's like avoiding it. What do you think the yeah, what do you do? What are some of the tactics, you know, for the for the metacasters to, so to drive? So to some me, of that? number one, a retrospective is really the one true non-negotiable thing. Like, if there's one thing that I will fight to the death to oh not my, lose. Oh my God, what is that? It is a retrospective. So, so have them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then. One thing that shows value, and I've had teams that say, we aren't getting anything out of the retrospective. It's not adding value. And what I've said to them is, it's not the retrospective. It's the fact that you're getting it out there, you're talking about it, but then you don't take that feedback and do anything with it. You spend a half hour talking about everything, but then those never turn into actions. You know, That's something that we struggle with here a little bit, is a part of the retrospective is reviewing the tries from the previous week and making sure that we actually did something with that. And that gets us so far, but now we're actually building a dashboard that's going to sit in our area. I bought a television, and we're going to put the tries up there. That's the first thing the team wanted to put up there was the tries. We're going to have the build status and things like that, but they also want to 
publish the tries and have it visible 24-7 so that they can get a reminder of, oh, yeah, we said we wanted to do this. So I think there's a couple tools, but I think the biggest thing is trying to build that that comfort with it's okay to say I did something wrong and I think that's the first like olive branch you have to put out there is you have to go out and as a leader say I did this wrong but then quickly follow it up with here's what I'm going to do to fix it and show the team that everybody messes up and it's not an accusatory thing it's just this is reality. This is what happened. We're humans, and we're not going to nail it every time. Right. Um, so that's always the first thing that I try and do is have a bit of a self-deprecation and throw myself right there on the chopping block and let it happen. And, and you know, I want to say take it like a man because that, that's not gender neutral. Right. But um, take it like a professional and just okay, that's reality, and I screwed up, and I'm going to fix it, and here's how we're going to do it, and we're going to move on, you know, and trying to build that right. that safe zone. But still, there's a lot of baggage folks are carrying around with well, it's them. Tr- I, I think of, I'm thinking of the five dysfunctions, and I'm not expert in it, but there's that five, that pyramid that Pat Lencioni talks about, and I think the baseline one is is trust. Right. The second one is is debate or having having aggressive, you know, like challenging each other. But it, you do that to the order that you have trust, mm-hmm. right? So I won't, I won't, you know, I won't expose myself if I don't trust, you know. And it's not trust that you're going to steal my car, but it's trust at, at a team level. And I think above that is accountability. Mm-hmm. So you drive what? So trust drives what? Uh, passionate, like uh, healthy conflict, healthy debate, mm-hmm. uh, healthy retrospectives, which then drives what? Accountability at a team level. I think that's the layers. Uh, but I think a lot of it maybe comes down to trust. Like, do folks, you know, maybe in another team in another place, you couldn't you couldn't show weakness. Uh, maybe your boss dinged you or something like that, right? So, so one way to do that, like you said, is to, is to be self-deprecating as a to throw yourself under the bus to show that you fail and that failure is okay. I'm just using failure, right? right? That you can make a mistake and that making mistakes is okay. And that, that can seep into the retrospective, I think. But you're, you're at least, you hope that it does. It do, it's not a guarantee, but you're, you're, what you're communicating is that, you know, folks can, expo- you know, say I made a mistake and trust that something bad's not going to happen to them. Yeah, that's the biggest thing that I've been trying to introduce over the past couple of years is that failure is actually a good thing. I've shown movie clips. I've shown, there's a Mythbusters clips where they, one of their things is fa- failure is always an option, you know, and they have all their massive screw-ups and they talk about the things that they learned and there's a, one of my personal favorite movies is Meet the Robinsons from, from Disney and, you know, they spend a lot of time talking about how important failure is and how you learn from failure and when you and what you learn from success is that all your failures built on that success right so I show that to my kids like every chance I get um, but I've shown it to my teams of hey listen failure is okay and we need to embrace the fact that failure is going to happen and if we're not failing we're not trying and if we're not trying we're going to lose you know one of the other things I've always heard is that 
you you will either get better or worse every day that you have that choice to make and if you sit still you're going to get past so so you have to at least try or you're getting worse right. so if you do nothing you're getting worse right because right? everybody else is getting because better everyone is getting better right. or or the folks that are you know are performing you know or focusing on it are getting better so you're 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 by definition if you do nothing yeah right I think part of it is that trust thing. I don't. I mean, I think a key is have the retrospective. I've I've seen you and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I think, where I've seen a lot of teams opting out of retrospectives. Mm-hmm. It's like a choice, I guess. Uh, I don't think of it that way. As a, if I'm an agile coach with an organization, I don't. You know, retrospectives are not optional. They're, right. They're you know the time is optional. How you conduct them is optional. Perhaps the time box might be optional. But that you reflect. I mean, how can you be agile and not reflect and improve towards right. improvement? But but you know, a lot of teams are opting out, uh, or when the going gets hard, like you said, oh, they're boring. Oh, they're not. We're not. You know, we're not doing anything in the retrospective. So our choice is what quit right. or you know or or what. And I'm like, you know, improve the retrospective. Mm-hmm. So have them is one thing. I, I like the no manager rule. I want you to react to that. So I've always felt like managers, out of all of this, I'll use scrum, scrum ceremonies or agile ceremonies, the one where I, I don't like managers being engaged in the, in the meeting is the, the retrospective. I like it being safe. There is that notion of creating a safe environment for the team by having the what the product owner, the scrum master, and the team be there. Mm-hmm. Do you subscribe to that? Do you feel differently? Like the the no manager rule. Yeah, I, so we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. I took that to heart, and that's something that in our retrospective yesterday, the first try I put up there was no Josh in retrospectives. You know, and I threw it out to the team like, "What do you think?" You know, I talked to a trusted friend, and he suggested that hey, if your retrospectives aren't aren't performing the way you'd like, maybe you're the problem. Um, and they were. Uh, I think part of the problem is that I've created that because I lead the retrospectives and I'm pulling the information out. Um, so I think there's going to be a void the first time that I'm not there guiding that. Yeah. But I've said to them that the next two retrospectives, I'm not going to be in there. I want to at least try it and see how things go. Um, I think that's the optimal way. Um, I would love it if that's how every team could operate. Um, and that's my goal for us, is that we get there. Um, I think a lot of it will depend on where the agile change is coming from. You know, is it a grassroots effort? Then absolutely. Yeah. If it's top-down, yeah. then I think you're going to have to get involved and eventually, as you go through the shoe high stage, step out. And make that happen, but but I know that it wouldn't have been fair for this team when I came on board to say do a retrospective and well, have, do you have not a scrum be master in your team. No, see you don't. Yes, yeah, so so I'm filling so you're, that you're role. filling multiple. Yeah, that's the pushback I get from a lot of groups sometimes when I introduce that, and I don't introduce it. I just say I have a preference. My preference is to not go even for myself. Right, I, I kick myself out. Right, uh, and. And the pushback is in these in these organizations that, you know, the, a, a manager is the scrum master, is the product owner. These where they have overloaded roles, right? right. 
and and they're like, I can't step out because I, you know, half of me is this or a third of me. Is but that. I think if a part of you is that that part will carry that weight. So if a part of you is that manager, I think that's going to have enough weight that it might affect the conversation. One of the things that I've done at previous companies, just because it felt like the scrum masters were doing all the work and the team was waiting for the scrum master to do something was rotating the responsibility of running the meetings and the retrospective was one of them. So, so they understood the difficulty that that scrum master had up there trying to get people to talk things out and to do that and to get them to walk a mile in their shoes. So I've gone that route of cycling the ownership of running that and that helped a lot in getting people to understand, okay, when I sit here and sit on my hands, I'm not helping at all. Yep. Um, so that's helped. And then there are other things that I've seen people do with anonymous feedback of you write everything up on a card, you stick it up on the board, and then you talk through them and you vote on them and things like that. So those are, I think those are good, easy wins for teams that haven't built up that trust yet to where they're comfortable Standing I've, up had, and saying I've actually had seen teams vote on their safety. So what they say, instead of, like, you're there, and it's like, am I the problem? Well, no one's going to say, right. you're scary. I would right. be scared to say, Josh, you're the problem, right? right. So, But if you, if I could anonymously vote and say on a scale of one to five, five meaning, you know, Josh has no influence on me whatsoever, one being Josh has tremendous influence, he may not even know it, right. on it, and vote. So you can have anonymous feedback. You can also vote on safety. Right. Uh, and and I've seen that be effective to identify, you know, can a manager be the? It's not a ma- it's not the manager. It's the is there any impediment to getting what to having a high impact retrospective? Right, right. It's it's actually part of the issue. I get the, these managers argue with me sometimes in these classes because they're overloaded, and they're like, yeah, but my team likes me. And, and I'm a good manager. And I'm like, I am one. I'm not saying you're a tool of the hun. I'm not grading your management style. I said, it actually, in my observation, the, the more your team likes you and the better the manager you are, actually, the, the worse it is when you're, you know. So you could be a terrible manager and have an effect in the retrospective. You could be an outstanding leader and have a negative effect in the retrospective. Right. Because they love you. Right. They're not, they're, you know. They're never going to want say. They're never going to give you constructive feedback because they. The more they like you, the more you buy them beers, the worse it is. So it's it's not like you're doing something right or wrong. You could be on either end of the spectrum, but it's you're influencing the the feedback that right. you're getting. Right. Well, and plus the other thing that I like is the ownership. There are times where I felt like. I have owned the outcome of the retrospectives or owned getting the retrospective starting and it became an afterthought for the team because I was pushing so hard on it. Um, and some of the tries didn't happen because there was no ownership on their end. Exactly. You know, and and I'll admit that I'm the first guy that almost to a fault will try and push the ownership on, on the team to a point where it's probably too much and I should take some back. But that's one thing that I firmly believe that that improvement has to come from within. That if I stand over you and tell you you need to fix these, you need to fix these, that's only going to get us halfway there. And we'll we'll get to good, but we'll never be great. Yeah. You know, I think that's the one thing that separates a great team from a good team is that that strive and that that strive for success and greatness and the internal challenge happens within the team as opposed to an external force that's trying to drag people somewhere. 
I mean, I have seen, and I did this myself, it, it's not the hat, but you can go in and say, I am. Like when I have gone into a retrospective on the occasions when I do, if I'm a man, usually I'm a manager as well. Uh, I put, I, I literally had a coach hat at one at one company, so I would put a hat on, or I right. would verbally put the hat on and say, "Guys, whatever happens in here, you know, stays in here." And right. I mean it. You have my word, or you can fire me, for example, right? So literally, I am not your man. I'm not your director. I'm not your VP. I'm your I'm your coach. Right. Uh, so, and that that may sound trite, but that helps. Yeah. Is actually going on record with the team and saying so. There's the anonymous. Voting, there's having anonymous feedback can help sometimes get things on the table. Right. Uh, there's truly being a coach. I remember when I was at Deutsche Bank, I was a coach, and uh, there was a, t a set of teams there that were dysfunctional. They were having, I was doing a retrospective for one team that I was the scrum master for, but they were operating across a set of like four or five teams, and, and they were fighting with another team, I guess, or they weren't operating very well as a team. And they were in sort of, they wouldn't get that issue on the table. And and I didn't know if it was the number one issue or not. I didn't know where it was in the priority list. But I asked questions, is what I'm saying. As a scrum master, and I think it comes back to, I asked pointed questions. To questions, I didn't make statements like, you all suck, and team, you're fighting with team A and B. But I would lay observations like, it seems like this is right. happening. and and. By just surfacing it, people would rally around it, and and I think that's a technique. A lot of folks don't like to throw the ugly stuff on the table. You ever know? Yeah. At least it's so, uncomfortable, and people are they avoid it like don't the handle play. That well. So one thing I do, I and and I'm okay with you saying no, it's not. In fact, argue with me, right? So I'll throw something. You know, I observe this, or you know, I'm thinking this might be an issue, and you know. Tell me that I'm full of it. I'm okay with that. That it's it's either an issue, but let's discuss it. And I think that helps folks uh, improve or get what I call the elephants in the room. Get them on the table. Mm -hmm. uh, that's hard for a lot of people to do. I I, I think it I, is. I, I you know I, I I'm not saying I'm strong, but I I don't care. I'll throw things like that on the table. I'll I'll be wrong. Uh, in that team, just throwing it on the table. In a couple, in a retrospective, they, they like fixed themselves in a couple sprints. Right. It, it, it amazed me. And it was, it was a real issue. It was like a huge, hairy issue that was <laughs> seeping across multiple teams. Uh, and all I really did was surface it. And then they started talking about it. And then they started talking about, well, what do we do about it? And how do we, you know, how do we apply corrective action? So I was amazed that I, I think one powerful thing is, is just raising the issues right okay so a couple tips number one have them don't let your team wiggle yeah. out of them yeah do whatever you can there's a ton of resources out there on the web reach out to us we'll help whatever you need there's anonymous feedback so instead of so safe environment so yeah. so try your best to create a safe environment right to to say truth to for, to allow people to, to 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 tell the truth of what's going on right or whatever and if you aren't safe yet verbally be safe on a piece of paper, anonymous voting, get things out there, yep. make that happen, get the party started, get the hairy things on the table. And Bob is absolutely right. As a leader, you likely see the problem. And usually the best thing is, is exactly what Bob did was start asking questions about that. Don't, don't give them the answer. Um, have it be their thing that they own and, and identify the real issue and the solution. 
that's one thing that if you start identifying the problems, people won't identify the problems themselves, right? They'll look to you to tell them what they're doing wrong. Exactly. So those are three quick things that are out there. Um, the other thing, really adding yeah. on, and I was thinking of, I just had a mental view of this team, is get everyone to engage. So I remember I threw this big hairy thing on the table, and there was a guy there who was defensive, and he, he argued, he's like, no, no, it's not a problem, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, okay, and, I, and be neutral. I didn't care. It's like, you know, shoot it down, it's an issue or not. If it's not an issue, throw something else on the table. Uh, but then someone disagreed. This quiet person in the corner was like, hmm, you know what? You're not absolutely right. It, in fact, it's this way, blah, 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 blah. Right. <laughs> and then someone on the phone chimed in and said, you know, I agree, I agree, I, I disagree. It really is an issue. We've been avoiding it. And so by including as many, getting, so creating group discussion, I think is a key to that as well, right? So it's not just fair to have one person talk. I was trying to get, and then I would start calling on people does it a disservice, but I'm like, you know, Josh, we yeah. haven't heard from you. What do you think? I'm hearing, I'm hearing this, we're trending in this direction. What can you add to it? Uh, so I think as a good facilitator, you get what cumulative discussion and see what emerges, see what direction emerges. So you get something on the table. And it's not fair game for people to be quiet, I, right. yeah, I guess. So I would, I would really try to pull discussion from the group, if you will. So Agreed. I think that's a fair technique as well, or, yeah. or an adjunct technique. Well, yeah. and I think that sets the standard of what you said, that being quiet is not an option, right? That we're here as a group to get better, and the only way we're going to get better is if people speak up, good or bad, and that we want input from all. So there's a scrum master I know, uh, and Maureen, she does a great job of setting ground rules. So that's another thing, maybe at the beginning, set ground rules for the retrospectives. Well, let's talk about some of the ground rules then. What so, do you think they would be? So everyone, everyone's included. Mm -hmm. uh, we agree that we're you know, going to get, uh, that the team is going to take most of the actions on right. themselves. So instead of looking at, you know, the scrum master is the default, what, action keeper? It's team-based actions, team-based commitment to resolution, uh, team-based prioritization, uh, team-based what? If you can't, uh, like honesty, if you can't get the gorilla, you know, let's have a commitment at a team level that we're going to get the elephants in the room. If there are any elephants, we're going to have courage. Right. Uh, we'll listen effectively as well, so we won't get defensive. Like in this team that I'm remembering from Deutsche Bank, there was some defensive stuff in the beginning, right? People, right. people naturally, it's not just denial, they're getting defensive because it's a hard topic. To discuss. Right. So we'll, we'll talk about, it's not personal, it's towards what, improvement? Mm -hmm. So it's never, and, and I mean this, it's never personal. It's It should always be directed towards what, team improvement. Right. Not individual, not slapping an individual around. Uh, failure is okay. Like we were talking about, it's okay to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. We, as a team, we embrace mistakes and failure, and we get better. Mm -hmm. So maybe some ground rules like that. Right. Okay. Yeah, and 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 I think those are lessons I've learned over the past year in trying to drive culture changes. You can't say it once. You got to say it over and over again. And it's retros are the yeah. hardest because it's like, yeah, do you know how much energy it takes to take. Now this is, and I'm not giving the team an excuse. But you know how easy it is to put little little crappy improvements on a list and just... So to me, every Agile team has this choice of do we go with low-hanging fruit, which has no impact, 
It just we're we're checking the box that said we had a retrospective. Right. We're checking the box that says we we talked about something and we're going to do something, versus what this high impact, or or getting to good or getting to great, is again going back to Deutsche Bank. Those hairy issues require energy. Right. They're they're. I mean, human energy. They, I remember people being exhausted after the retrospective. Uh, we actually broke our time box. So sometimes, to me, if you're having juicy discussions at yeah. a retro, do, you know, do you cancel the? Do you at the end of the time box? Do you kick everyone out of the room, or do you continue for a while if you're really, you know, attacking something that's crucial to the team? And I'd say that would be the one area where I would exceed the time box. And it's like mm-hmm. we're going to finish this, but it's very. I think it's. It's what it's hard. It's human factors related. It's people. It's relationship related. You're taking a risk. You have to trust. Uh, tremendous energy, I think, to do it well. Yeah. So it's it's just it's just freaking hard. I mean, it's good. You feel good. I remember that team. Like one when, when they solved that when we looked. So have a retro on your retro. One of the things we did is like three three sprints later or three you know retros later. I, you know, I took the team back to look at their improvement. Like, where were they at three sprints ago? Yeah, that's a good move. That and is. and where and so we weren't we weren't we were not you know leaping tall buildings with a single bound. We still had all the, these things that we can improve on. But if you looked at what we had, these folks wanted to kill each other. They couldn't even work together. We were getting no productivity cross team. There was no trust. If you looked at the improvement in two or three sprints, just from a, a cross team collaboration perspective, it was it was huge. And I we took them back to look at that huge thing, and that helped the team. They got really they were happy about that. Yeah, I think that's a great move. That that's that's something that I know I am guilty of because I am so comfortable with failure. Sounds funny saying, but but I am, and I'm okay. We did that. What's next? And going back and showing the improvement that the retrospectives have driven will only encourage the right behavior from within their team. If you take a moment out of that biweekly thing to look at what are we not doing well, and say, well, hold on, look, let's look at where we came from and where we come exactly. because of these discussions and the value. That has been added because of these discussions and not be so stuck in that moment and look back that's something that i need to do right now with our team is to really drive home the value of the retrospectives because i'm always like what's the next play what are we right. doing next what are we doing next okay we did that what's next um so i know with my team that that's something i need to do more of and that's to me that's a great thing to take away from this metacast that if you're if you're not seeing improvement from within your team or they're not adopting well, try and highlight those little wins along the way. And I think that'll go a long way within your team. Well, I remember the Scrum Master. I was actually coaching a Scrum Master for this team, and I was stepping in as a Scrum Master, so there was sort of a partnership there. But I remember she was just... It it actually scrumboard the whole team. Right. You know what I mean? It was like we attacked something that was really fundamental, and then we it got a lot better. And, and then that started driving results, which those, those things should do. You should start seeing sprint results. Right. You should start seeing business results. And it started doing that. And it wasn't perfect. I mean, you know, we still had disagreements. It was design disagreements and stuff. We, and, and they were healthy. It went from dysfunctional to healthy. Uh, 
but I remember it boing as a scrum master, it really jazzed her up. I mean she she almost danced into retrospectives because it was like, okay, now what do we do next? Right. Yeah, and she was very excited. Now that was a short window and, and again part of that. So looking back Yeah, but that's something I think you need to almost schedule every X number of retrospectives, take a retrospective on your retrospectives, right? Because you can get so focused on what's next. And that can wear on the team. I would agree. I would agree. And also look at, like, we we sort of glossed over it, but keeping notes, to me, one of the things a Scrum Master should do, I'm not a big note keeper or, you know, keep a repository of stuff, but I do think when I'm Scrum Mastering a team, I keep a spreadsheet of what the good, the bad. You know, if you're using the good, the bad, then the tries, mm-hmm. I keep track of that stuff. So yeah, we have a wiki page with all of our retrospectives. Right. And I don't make it public necessarily. It's not even it's not even necessarily for the team, although I'll expose it to the team, but it's for me. And I'll, you know, to me, it's starting a retrospective with what did we agree? So what progress did we make in our last set of agreements right. is a nice way to start, you know. So start. I like starting retrospectives with uh, appreciations. That's another tip uh, where, where everyone walks around and, you know, is there anyone, is there any event that someone wants to thank someone face-to-face? So I didn't used to start them that way, but in the last two years or three years, I've sort of, I've found that to be a nice, say thank you to each other. So that's so that starts a retrospective what on a high point. Mm-hmm. So is there anything that we can thank any? And it's not thank. It's not oh I thank the whole team for being a wonderful team. It's individual point to point appreciation. Mm-hmm. So one that, and then two I usually then review what we what the results of the last retro, uh, and yeah. and what and what progress did we make? And not me. I, I rarely want to. It's really, you know, did I sign it? Unless I signed up for something, but it's as a team, what have we accomplished? Even if it was incremental thing, like estimation. Okay, we were going to try to improve our estimation. What discreetly did we do? And then, and then go into the retrospective for this. And if we made no progress, sometimes I won't, I won't go, I won't ask the question, right? If we made no progress from the last, and this may be weird, but, right. but I'm like, if we took no action in the last retrospective notes, or we made we made no progress, why pretend, you know, unless there's something huge that we did great or failed on, maybe maybe we could recommit to the sprint, right. to the last one. Okay, cool. All right, so we got a lot of good bits there in the end. I'm driving. What, anything you want to add? Throw no, the th- those were all good things. I think the appreciations are good. I, I, I have seen those add value. That's something that... It's usually awkward to start. Yeah. The first time you suggested people were like, I, I always, it's funny, it's like using people looking, I'm going to say thank you to someone. Right? Yeah. It, it's awkward, right? It breaks the ice. Uh, but it's, you know, it takes time to... A lot of this stuff, actually, I think that's another meta lesson is and it's you said baby steps and I think you have the right mindset. You don't look at this as like fundamental leaps. You mm-hmm. have to look at it as like building momentum over right. time, right? It just takes it takes time. You need you need some patience, I think. Absolutely. Patience is key with knowing that something might appear in the retrospectives a couple of times and and the one thing that your point about reviewing the retrospectives of, yeah, we're still wrestling with estimation. But you know what? Let's look at back. You know, two months ago, we're a lot better. Yeah, we aren't where we want to be, but let's recognize what we've done. Yeah. So I think those can add tremendous value. Anything else? You feel like we did we beat this sucker? To I feel Josh? better. I feel did better. We, this was well, a this one wrapper for this is, and your instincts are right. I I think it's the most. You know, 
there there is important like the sprint review is really the demo is really important the retrospective is for the team it's for i mean the license card for agile is continuous improvement and right. i mean that the fine print in agile is is team based continuous improvement and damn it it's the team needs to step up to that and mm-hmm. figure out how to get better uh, and if you're a professional i don't know i look at that as a positive challenge so you got to do them and you got to commit to them and they're incredibly important yep. that's i can't even emphasize how important it is now these crappy ones aren't the point right the crappy you know having conducting feel good bring cookies in kumbaya retrospectives is not the point unless unless you're hitting on all cylinders but um, yeah, I think there's an emphasis for it. So I hope we've inspired that in the Metacast. Uh, because it, if I if I could drop things, I mean, I think I'd drop the stand-up. Yeah, me too. For God's sakes. Over, you know, if it was a choice of dropping a stand-up over a retrospective, I'd drop the stand-up. I mean, yeah. you, you could almost, like, make a list of the things that i drop. you got to so you got to reflect. Mm-hmm. I agree completely. Cool. All Good right. Metacast. Yeah. So how do so how do we wrap these things? It's been a little while. How do we ra- it has been it a has. while. Is it too is it too early for the shake and bake? It is. It it's, is. We can't do the shake and bake yet. So we need topics, metacasters. We need your your suggestions. We need topics. Bring it on. Make them hairy. Bring it on. Make ah, that's a, I like that. Bring I I want so I do want a hairy thing that's that's we have to like scratch our heads on a little bit that we have experiences on both sides. Even better, give us something we can argue about. Which would be yeah, could be sports. Make it sports related, <laughs> and he wins. <laughs> so, so ideas, topics, suggestions, feedback is always welcome. How do they do that? You can do it on our blog at metacast.com. Meta hyphen cast. Uh, you can reach us on Twitter. Meta hyphen cast, all spelled out. We're on iTunes. We're getting everywhere. Find us Facebook, even you name it. We're there. We're on Facebook. We are. How cool is that? Yeah, watch out. Um, so reach out to us let us know feedback if you like us give us a positive rating on iTunes it's amazing what I've learned about how that affects the overall visibility of your podcast and exposing that to other potential listeners so that's something that we we don't do this for money you don't hear any ads or anything we do this because we like talking about it we want to make things better for those of you out there so the more folks we can reach the happier we are so give us those positive ratings because in the long run that'll help somebody else out there it's like retrospective data tell us what you like what you don't like what to try yeah constructive feedback and don't forget those appreciations yeah that oh, sounds man. good yes how did, how did that connect <laughs> nicely done all right so from beautiful downtown raleigh north carolina i'm bob galen and i'm josh anderson shake and bake take care y'all Y'all.